to talk to you about emotional stability. Emotional stability. And uh, have have any idea what I'm talking about here? Okay. All right, now, first of all, let me go back to what we're talking about. Real life. Real life. And I think it's very important. Our goal as people is to be stable, fruitful, stable, and blessed. Happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Remember that? And so part of the goal right in the middle there is that we be stable. And one of the most destabilizing things in a person's life is not their circumstances. It is their emotions. It's how they read and respond or rather react to what's going on in life. And you say, this, this isn't Bible study. It totally is. It totally is. Because the scripture and the Holy Spirit help us in real life. Everybody say real life. So hopefully this is going to help you, and then it's also going to help you so that you can help some some other folks as well. First of all, you need to understand that there is a part of us that is emotional, and that's by design, and that's from God, and that's okay. Y'all hear? And so we have emotions. We see broad ranges of emotions, you know, everything from anger to joy to, I mean, you can fill in all the blanks in between. And we have to locate in ourselves where is that happening, okay? And so we're going to go to the screen here and realize that, first of all, you are a three-part being, okay? You are a three-part being. I was a youth pastor many years ago and uh, was teaching on some of this and then reviewing. And I said, who remembers what our three parts are? And the seventh grade boy raised his hand. He said, head, thorax, I said, no, you, you got this confused with school. Okay. Now follow this. We are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. You have a soul. Say, I have a soul. And you live in a body. So I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. And we, we talk about this you know, frequently because you have to understand how that works so that you'll know how to drive, okay? So that you'll know how to get yourself through life. Now, the real you is, is which one? Come on, come on. The real one is, this, is your spirit. That's the eternal part of you. And then you have a soul and you live in a body. Which is the least important? The body. Which do we probably fuss about the most? The body. Is the body important though? Yes, it's actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is an earthen vessel that God puts treasure in. You need to take care of your body. I had my physical yesterday, and I worked out today, and I ate healthy today. I mean, we need to do those things. And I even took about a 25-minute nap this afternoon, so that was good too. But um, you need to take care of the body. But see, sometimes we're more concerned about the body. It's like I've said recently, some people are more worried about their paint job than their motor. You know, and it looks good. Yeah, well, it doesn't run very good, but it looks awesome. Just don't touch it, please. You know, so you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Now, the the soul part of you, um, this is where your will is. This is where your intellect is. And this is where your emotions are. And so John said that 
Beloved, I, would, I wish above all things that you would prosper even as your, as your soul prospers. Now, and I, I won't take all of our time on this, but the spirit and the soul are so close together that Hebrews tells us it takes the word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's surgically sharp to be able to separate those two so that you can divide between the thoughts and intents of what's going on there, the joints and the marrow to get in. And is that me? Or is that God? You know, and, and to get in there. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, uh, Paul's prayer is that God would sanctify you or set you apart, holy spirit, soul, and body. So do we believe scripture? Yes. Do we honor scripture? Yes. Uh, do we believe that God was very intentional about how scripture is formed? Yes. Absolutely. And so I want to ask you to respect then what I call the scriptural order. It's not body, soul, spirit. It's spirit, soul, and body. And that helps us to keep our priorities right on understanding how we operate. We'll we'll do some more teaching on this. But you are a spirit. That's the eternal part of you. I also happen to believe that the soul is eternal, that it's so tied in. It's the body that's temporal. It's the body that, you know, um, when the spirit leaves, body falls. Okay? But that is the emotional part of us. That is where... Um, your emotions would would be on the inside of you. Oh, no, we're froze up here. Okay. Um, How many of you have ever heard of something called mood swings? (laughs) Guess what? We all have them. Some swing a lot harder than others. Okay. Okay. And some bungee, okay? <laughs> and so mood swings and ups and downs. And listen, you're, you're always going to have emotions. You will always have emotions. Um, and you can't get rid of them. But you can and you must learn to control them, to understand and to control them, or they will control us. A couple of things that affect our emotions more than you know and, and I'm just, we're going to stop off just for a moment on this and listen to me and get a hold of this. Sin, and especially habitual sin, will always depress you. Will always depress you. Some people are wondering, why am I feeling this? Well, I'm, there may be something that, that you need to get before God and get, get out of your life, okay? With the blood of Jesus, the power of his word, the Holy Spirit, some good decisions, and get those things out of your life. But sin will, will always depress you. And so that's why we want to keep what I call short accounts with God. And that is, you know, can any of us walk perfect? No, we, we can't. So we confess our sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that we can even have the joy of our salvation restored. Okay? And that is in repentance. That's following repentance that I'm turning from this. I have every intention of turning from this, God, with your help. And in doing so, the joy is restored. So there again is proof of the connection that sin would always depress us. Now, another thing that happens, and again, I said we're always going to have emotions, but we can and must control them or they will control us. Here's another thing that is very vital that we've got to get a hold of. A lot of people have habits they have emotional habits that when certain things happen, they react. It's their habit. They always will, 
break down with this. So they'll always throw a fit or they'll, they'll do whatever. Uh, that always depresses me or that always makes me mad or they storm out of the room. And guess what? We do not need to live this way. Okay? Now, again, because this is going to hit all of us tonight. It's going to hit all of us. This is not a house of condemnation. This is a house of grace and peace and truth. And we come to, set, to know the truth, and the truth has set us free. So don't, don't ever think that I'm up here condemning you and pointing the finger or anything else, because I certainly am not. This is for all of us. Truth be told, and the truth meter went off, every one of us, it would light up on us. Okay? And we have habits. We have patterns. Some were modeled for us. Okay? Some people, and we're, we're going to talk about this in, in future weeks, some people don't know how to fight right. Now, I'm not talking about this kind of fight. I'm talking about, you know, husband and wife or friends or whatever. They don't know how to argue right. They don't know how to fight fair. And largely, that's because of what was modeled for them. You're supposed to throw three dishes, you know, and (laughs) kick the cat, throw the TV in the flower bed. You know, it's it's the old Fred and Barney kind of thing. But, you know, we don't, we're not to live that way. Are you following me? And so part of what we must do is, is, begin to get control of these things and break some of these habits. And your emotions and your feelings honestly cannot be your guide. And if you'll understand that, that is just part of me, that's on the inside of me, and I do not have to give in to, um, to my emotions. Go ahead and say this. I do not, I do not have, to give in have to give in to what I feel. What I feel. See, a lot of times we just say, well, I feel this way. Well, you know what? You can deal with how you feel. Amen. Well, that rhymes. You can deal with how you feel. Okay. And your emotions cannot be trusted in making decisions. I, I'm careful. I'm not perfect at this, but I'm pretty careful to not just make a quick decision. I like to run a decision through a course of a couple of cycles of emotion. It's good to sleep. How many of you have ever made uh, a purchase before and the next day you're like, what was I? There, here's another example. There are wedding chapels all over Las Vegas. <laughs> next, next day, what was I thinking? You know? And so don't ever do anything just emotional. You cannot trust your emotions. Have you ever been sitting still before, maybe in traffic, and you're not you know, at a red light or whatever, and another car is like moving, drifting just a little bit, and you feel like you are, and you suddenly hit the brakes, you know? <laughs> Or some car washes you pull in, not the ones that take you all the way through, but the ones you hold still and the thing moves past you, you know, and while you're in there, I check my emails and it's like, you know, you feel like the cars, your emotions will throw you off that way. It really feels like it, but it's, it's not really happening. So the goal, the goal for us, we're going to go on the screen here. The goal is that we would be stable. And we'll look at a lot of scripture on this. The goal is that we would be stable. And let me give you another word for stability tonight, okay? That we would be mature. Um, I was, we were doing some leadership development uh, things yesterday with some of the staff. And a lot, uh, character is huge. Character is huge. But sometimes the issue is not character. Sometimes the issue is immaturity. Because sometimes a person has character, but it's, it's immaturity. Um, you know, I, uh, last year, 
I think it was last year, I went over to the academy. They asked me to come over and, and talk for a little bit with the K-5 class. And I don't know if they heard anything I said because I didn't hear what I said, okay? <laughs> you know, because they were, ah, you know. Now, if, if I go into even like sixth grade, that should not be the case. They, they should know how to wholesale. Or you can tell K-5 or first grade, if you're good today, we're going to have ice cream this afternoon. Ice cream! You know, and they're just, they're all over the map, you know. And so part of controlling this is actually maturity. It's a maturity in this. And we must have emotional stability, first of all, you ready for this? For you. For you. You're going to enjoy the ride much better if it's, if it's more even. I'm leery. I've told you this. I'm leery of people that you, when you see them, they're always like, because there's a law that what goes up must come down. And I believe part B of the law and the higher you go, the harder you fall, you know? And so life is not just, uh, it's not this. But there is some ebb and some ride to this, okay? And you should not say, oh, no, my life's falling apart. I don't know what's wrong with me if you, if you come down a little bit. But remember, we're either up or we're, or we're getting up, you know? But the goal is not to be, that's not the goal, okay? It's to be somewhat stable. Are you all with me? So first of all, the goal of emotional stability is for you. But the second one and let me illustrate it, and then I'll, I'll explain a little bit. Last night, I took my uh, 12-year-old son, Gabriel, to an Orlando Magic game. And I got a great deal on some great tickets, and we had great seats. And um, we had an awesome time, just he and I, and, and we just had an awesome time. And I'm sitting there. It's probably third quarter of the game. And where we're sitting, they would come and ask you if you wanted anything to eat and all, and then you, you could... You know, he could get food. Not, not the guy that's 20 rows away, peanuts. And you go, yeah. And he throws it and hits a lady. You know, it's not, not like that. Uh, and so we were, just, we were just like, wow, these are awesome seats and everything. Well, this guy had ordered this big bucket of popcorn. And on the side, it says gourmet popcorn. And it was so puffy and smelled so good, you know. And, and she kind of came in and then she gave it to the guy. And I thought, immediately I thought, I want popcorn. And the guy on the other side of him apparently thought the same thing too because suddenly he's waving at the lady and I'm waving at the lady and, and she goes, yes. And I go, could, could, could I order a popcorn too? And the guy, yeah, me too. And so a few minutes later, our popcorn came back and then when our popcorn came, I watched some other people order popcorn. And I got a revelation. I wrote it in my phone and sent it to me, to myself. And here's what it is. Popcorn sells Popcorn. Okay, you'll say, what does that have to do with anything? Because it looked so good, smelt so good, tasted so good, other people wanted it. Okay? You are advertisement for God. And if you're all over the map and one day you're squirrely, and the next day you're like, praise the Lord. And the next day you're like, yeah, 
don't talk to me. Just don't even look at me. All right. Shut up. Day four, you're back to praise the Lord. Guess what? Listen to me. They don't want that popcorn. You hear me? They don't want that popcorn. We, we've got to be stable. They don't hear, you know, a person that is all over the map. And then the day you decide you want to invite them to church or you want to tell them, encourage them with something about the Lord or from the the, the Bible, they won't hear you. They can't hear you. There's no credibility to it because you've been, right? And so this stability is for you, but it's also, and this is my new revelation, popcorn sells popcorn. And I believe that if people could really seal some real deal believers, they'll begin, I, I, I want that. I want that in my life. You with me on that? All right, let's look, let's look at a few things here tonight. And again, we're not going to finish everything. But the goal then being emotional stability, maturity, it's for you. It's God's people showing themselves as stable because you know what? It's, it's the fruit of, so what is God doing in your life? And if you're more whack than they are, then they don't have to desire anything. They'll just say, right, there's no hope. And uh, I could spend a lot of time on that. We find uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, and this is at Ziklag, if you know the story. Everything's been destroyed by fire. The women, the children, the livestock have been stolen. David and his mighty men come back, and it says, now David was greatly distressed. Is that, is that emotion? Yes. He's feeling something. For the people spoke of stoning him. How many of you know that would affect your emotions? Okay. <laughs> Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Was that, is that emotion? Yeah. Every man for his sons and daughters. It's interesting. Never mind, I keep going. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The other translations say David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself. You get this? David encouraged himself in the Lord. Let me ask you a question. How can I encourage myself? Let's move ahead with that. How do you encourage someone else? How do you encourage someone else? Let me show you a big one here, okay? Are we on, guys? Words. How do you encourage somebody else? Typically, it's, it's with words. You counter what they're thinking. You counter what they're saying. You counter what they're feeling with words. You, you say to them sometimes, it's going to be all right. It's going to work out. Or they've got some squirrely thinking. You say, oh, come on, you know better than that. And what do we do? We encourage other people with with words. Guess how you encourage yourself? With words. Self-talk. You say, is that in the Bible? It's all over the Bible. It's It's all over the Bible. One of the ways that you meditate is to mutter to oneself. David over and over, I will say of the Lord, he's talking to, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless his whole, I mean, there's a whole lot of that going on and you need to talk to yourself. Guess what you already do? But you need to change what you're saying 
to you. You need to encourage you. Um, to change a thought, speak words. If you allow thoughts in your mind, fear, foreboding, worry, depression, if you just leave them be, they'll grow. And typically, if you leave them be, you'll start to feed them somehow. They'll take up more and more room. We talked a little bit about it on Sunday. If it gets in you, don't let it just stay there because it'll start to get roots. So we got to get it out of there. How do we get it out of there? You're an amazing computer. You're an amazing complex uh, creation of God. And you have what are called speech centers in your brain. And whenever you speak, it will override a thought. And so if you want to overcome a negative thought, a, a depressing thought, a fearful thought, you need to encourage yourself. You need to speak some good words. How, if you were somebody else, how would you counsel you? How would you encourage you? You can say, it, it's, hey me, it's going to be all right. But better yet is to go to Scripture. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I love God. I'm called according to his purposes. All things work together for good. And I've kind of paraphrased that. Everything always works out for me. God, thank you that you never leave me. You never forsake me. And you encourage yourself and you speak to yourself and you say good words and it's self-talk and you, you've got to do this to yourself. And at times, counsel yourself. And at times, you're going to need to get alone and talk out loud to yourself. Because speech centers don't actually engage until you speak. You can't overcome a thought with a thought as easy as you can overcome a thought with words. And so when you say the words, you can be counting in your mind, but now I ask you to do the Pledge of Allegiance out loud, and you cannot count any longer. Unless you're like really should have your own TV show. Okay. Now, let me uh, edit real quick to get to where I, where we can uh, be at a good stopping place here in just a minute here. Um, here's another, another part of this, and we've essentially already said this here. But you need to learn to resist some. You do not have to give in to every emotion. And just because you've done it your whole life, you don't have to do that. Let me read you some scripture that will, will help on this. Uh, you resist it, okay? And, and remember, I've shared this with you recently. You might get afraid, but don't stay afraid. So you might get angry, but don't stay angry. You might get afraid, don't stay afraid. You might get down, don't stay down. I'm either up or I'm getting up. We don't stay down, okay? And you might get whatever emotion, fill in the blank, but don't stay whatever that is. And so resist it. You don't have to give in to it. Understand that you don't have to give in to it. First Peter chapter five, verse seven through nine. I'm reading it from the Amplified Bible. Casting the whole of your care. This is one way to help you. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately, uh, watchfully, and he cares about you affectionately. Watch this. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. 
Be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset. Rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Now notice that, first of all, you have an enemy. This should not be news to you. He is defeated. You have power over him in the name of Jesus. He's an emotional wreck. He is. And he wants you to join him. But he is seeking whom he may devour. The Greek actually says to gulp and swallow down. He's looking for whom he may devour. And notice what Peter uh, informs us to do, instructs us to do. He said, cast your cares. Cast your cares. Get your cares out of there. And then he goes on to say, you need to be well-balanced, temperate, and sober-minded, and vigilant, and cautious at all times. Because you know what? He's looking for whom he may devour. So when I read that scripture says he's looking for whom he may devour, I like to inform him, you may not devour me. Now, the other day, um, Alicia had on, kids had on, um, what's it called? It was National Geographic, and they were showing all kinds of stuff all over the world, and it's filmed in HD. What a beautiful creation God has. Now, the narrator gets a little squirrely at times, you know, about how old something is and how it happened, but you know, they're people, you know? And so when you compare what people say about what God made, typically there's a a big gap. So don't get too mad at them. Just turn them down and watch all the cool stuff. Okay. But I noticed that typically something that is a predator, something that's going to eat, and they showed these crocodiles eating willow beasts and, 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 you know, lions eating little deer and things like that. They don't run in and eat the whole group. They're looking for the one that's out on the edge. Y'all hear me? They're looking for the one out on the edge. They're looking for the one out there that's like. You know what? And they put their bib on. That one right there. Easy prey, less work. And I'm telling you, the devil, when you are stable, it reminds the enemy, and I'm going to read a scripture for you. It reminds the enemy he is doomed. Seriously. That should make you all the more want to be as stable emotionally and every other way as you can be because then you are less likely to be devoured. The wounded, the wandering, the wondering the wacky, that's who he goes after. I'm telling you, you need to, Lord Jesus, help me get stability and discipline and consistency in your life. Doors open to the church, get here. Alarm goes off, open the word, talk to your creator. Cast every care upon him. Problems come up during the day. You don't freak out about it. You take some time out to go take some time and get this thing settled. We'll talk more about that a little, little bit later. But, you know, your quality time sometimes involves a little bit of quantity time, too, to learn how to do this, to get away from some things. But get this verse here. When you and I are stable, it reminds the enemy that he is doomed. Uh, 
Philippians 1.28 in the Amplified Bible. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy, everybody say constancy. Such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction. But a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Listen, being, a, being stable is a, a reminder to the enemy that he is doomed. And it's a reminder to you that God, you know, he is our anchor. You and I have no hope of doing this with will worship and, okay, I'm going to do better today. It's submission to a holy forever God who changes not. His word is the same. He is the same. And the more that you have that in your life, the more that you commune and fellowship and walk with an unchanging God, guess what's going to happen to you? But if you're getting your news out of darkness, it changes every half hour. Oh, this just in. And all the opinions and all the think tanks and our government has spent so much money, billions of dollars in this initiative. And then they'll say, ah, that doesn't work. Let's try this again. You know, and it's constantly changing. Society, culture, and and polls, and everything else, constantly changing. Folks, we need to understand and get a biblical worldview that I'm going to see everything through a timeless, changeless God and his word. I'm going to see the people of the world, the world itself, the future of the world, the problems of the world, the leaders of the world, everything. I've got to see through God and through his word. And I'm telling you what, you get that settled in your life. We talked about it the last few weeks. Get some convictions. You're going to have stability. And then you're going to have a better traction point that when emotions are trying to do whatever, you're going to be able to resist those. And then don't get condemned. Oh, I felt sad. I felt angry. I got too giddy. Don't condemn yourself. God, you, God made you to be emotional. You feel some things, and I think you should feel some things. Sometimes, you know, there's godly sorrow that works repentance. You know, sometimes you should feel, sometimes we lose a loved one. And you know what? The, the greatness of the love, you, we feel the pain of, of them being gone. Sometimes you're excited about something. You know, Price is Right is all staged. <laughs> deal or no deal, that's all staged. We want you to be super hyper, super hyper, super hyper. You don't have to be super hyper in life, okay? But if something good happens to you, rejoice. And we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. It bugs me, and I watched a professional basketball game last night. And I saw a couple people, and I said, I, I found myself liking them more than the other people, even though some guys were better players. Because somebody would just drain a three-pointer from, from wherever, and they'd act like... And another guy would do something that's like, yeah! That's alive. I don't know what that other is. But I'm telling you, you have emotions. Don't, don't condemn yourself that you have emotions. God made you that way. But don't let them control you. Don't let them lead your life. Don't let them make your decisions for you. And, um, you know, we could go on and on with this. But uh, let me read one passage, and then we'll close up for tonight. This is in Psalm 94, verse 12 through 15. Again, in the Amplified Bible, there's one, one phrase I'm after here on this. It says, blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. blessed. You know what? That's a good thing to tell yourself too. Let, let me hold up on that just a minute. How many of you are blessed? Amen. Okay. But how many of you wake up some mornings and you just feel like, oh, woe is me in this day. You know, 
Come on, come on, come on. Be honest with me, okay? You know what you need to do? You need to grab yourself and say, look around. I'm blessed. I'm safe. I woke up. I have food. I have water. I have friends. I have family. I have shelter. My sins are forgiven. I'm never alone. I'm I'm never without help. I'm blessed. I said I'm blessed. And you thank God. And you know what? That'll perk you up too. Count your blessings. All right, back to the verse. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. That you, watch this, watch this line. That you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. Leave that up there for a minute. Read it with me. That you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. Guess what? If you will subject and submit yourself to God and to his word, look what he will do. He will give you power to keep yourself calm in the days of adversity. And if you can keep yourself calm in the days of adversity, you can keep yourself calm on all the other days. Amen? And let me go back to a revelation, and this is deep, okay? Popcorn. (laughs) Listen, it's for you. It's for you. So that you can really have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. That's why Jesus, one of the purposes that Jesus came. But also, you are advertisement for God. I want to put a little accountability on you tonight. We cannot just, and I hope this isn't a bad word in church, spaz out everywhere. And then just act all cool and calm. And then there they go again. You know, there needs to be proof that an almighty, eternal God of truth never changes. The same yesterday, today, and forever. You know why he doesn't change? He doesn't have to. He's perfect. And the more that we're with him and walk with him and let him work in us, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a much smoother ride for us. And it's some great advertisement for God Almighty. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.